0: 24 weeks in the book of revelation and uh, from the beginning we have kind of looked at it like a like a program of events that the lord has uh, kind of given his people to tell us how uh, everything will end uh, so we're going to take kind of a little a little sidestep here today um, remember when it, when it all kicked off uh, we saw a glimpse of the throne room in chapters four and five after those letters to the churches Uh, We saw that the the lamb was the only one able to take the scroll out of the mighty hand of of God the Father and open it. And when he did, judgment began. Uh, Seven seals, starting with the Antichrist, followed by conflict on earth that led to scarcity on earth. Death was widespread. The earth quaked. And even so, through it all, God protected his people. The seven seals led to seven trumpets whose judgments targeted specific things on earth, vegetation, water, even the skies. And we saw the bottomless pit was open to release an army of demons led by none other than Satan himself. The result of that devastation was a third of mankind being killed. And then the two witnesses appeared. They called out the people's rebellious hearts, and when their work was done, they were killed and the world rejoiced until they were resurrected and ascended into heaven to the horror of everyone watching. Satan has been kicked out of heaven. The terrible trio uh, that we are so familiar with now, the evil trinity made up of Satan, the Antichrist, the false prophet, they have taken over the world and now given a mark to all their followers. And this all leading up to the seven bowls of the wrath of God poured out on what is left of the earth as he reclaims what is rightfully his and Babylon, the rebellious against God, pleasure-seeking all about me and doing whatever it takes to get what I want attitude will fall. Now, admittedly, there are a lot of unanswered questions with all of this. Admittedly, there are a lot of unanswerable questions with all of this. And one of the biggest ones is when. When will the tribulation start? When will Jesus come back for us? When will the scroll be opened? When will the trumpet sound? When will the bowls begin to pour? When will the witnesses appear? When? And while I would love to have everyone get out their calendar app on their phone and turn to a specific date and time and tell you when this is all going to happen, obviously we know that's not possible. And actually, that's not the purpose of this message. But we can look to the word of God to see the clues of the starting time of the program of revelation. Revelation. We'll see it in chapter 22 in a couple of weeks where Jesus says three times, I am coming quickly. Now that word quickly is obviously a relative turn. You can turn over to Matthew chapter 24. That's where we're going to be spending most of our time here today. Uh, Now, this is nothing new here this morning, but in context of what we've been studying here in Revelation, I trust that it will speak to and encourage your heart like it has mine. Uh, So let's uh, start in Matthew 24, verses 3 through 6. If you are able, please stand out of respect for the Word of God as we read. Hear the Word of the Lord. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives... The disciples came to him, this is Jesus, him, privately saying, tell us, what's the next word? When? When will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Thank you. You can have a seat. So we'll just kind of keep a, a running list uh, throughout the the passages that we look at today of, of these signs of the end. And, and note how many of the conditions are present very well, alive and present in our world today. The first one, these are just uh, general signs. General signs. So first Jesus says, Uh, people will come claiming to be him. Now, we really don't hear a lot about that these days. And one reason may be because it happens so often. It just doesn't get a lot of attention anymore. You can Google, man claims to be Jesus. And you can see that dozens of people, including at least one woman, throughout the years have claimed to be Jesus. And as verse 5 said... um, they, they have deceived many. Uh, there are horrifying stories of people who have bought into their lies and ultimately given their lives because, uh, because they believed a lie. They ultimately died because of them. So uh, we can check that one off the list. Uh, we will call it false Christs. Come, people coming just claiming to be Jesus. Uh, so that's the first one on the list. The next is wars and rumors of wars. Now, there are currently, officially, about two dozen countries officially at war at the moment. Now, when we add uh, war on terror and drugs and trafficking and so many other things, we can easily check this one off the list. War is nothing new, but what Jesus described, uh, the coming of the end, he's describing a time marked with unique pressures and dangers, so you can... You can write that one down. Unique pressures, unique dangers. Now, how many times in the last few years have you had a conversation that went something like, uh, you know, in all my lifetime, I have never seen our world so volatile. In all my lifetime, I've never seen our nation so divided. Unique pressures, unique dangers. But don't miss the comfort of verse 6. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. See, it's, church, it's the age-old truth of God's word that tells us to fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. That word dismayed, it means troubled. Don't be troubled, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. My very favorite verse in all the word of God, Isaiah 41.10. It's a promise that we can hold on to. Let's continue in verse 7, Matthew 24. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Notice that phrase, beginning of sorrows. It literally means birth pains. So those are the next blanks on your outline. Birth pains. Now, when birth pains begin... We know that something new is about to be born. The birth pains that we are experiencing now, they're indicating the birth of a new age, a new kingdom. These birth pains are indicating his kingdom come. Just so we're aware, that word pestilence there in verse 7. It describes a fatal epidemic or plague, or in our world today, a pandemic. Pandemic. Now I believe that God has a purpose with everything he allows to happen. And the same word pestilence is used in 2 Chronicles 7. Now many of us are familiar with this with verse 14, but in verse 13 God says this, When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. This is a verse that um, we're, we're familiar with. It I, you know, often it's taken out of context. It's addressing Israel, God's people, God's people called by his name. But I believe that the principles apply to us if we know Jesus. And I wonder if we, God's people, have learned anything through the pandemic. What have you learned in the last two years? And I'm not talking about a new hobby or a new skill. What have you learned about God and His ways? How is your faith? How is your relationship with God? Have you been listening to hear what he's trying to teach you? Or have you let all the other things of this world just drown out his voice? Because God doesn't waste anything. And he has a purpose with everything he allows. Even a pandemic, or in the language of Matthew 24 and 2 Chronicles, pestilence. He has a reason for whatever you're going through right now. Are you listening to hear what he's trying to tell you? So... We're still under the general signs here of the end. The next one is drought. Drought. Now the, uh, the latest data from the National Drought Mitigation Center, it, just back in April, it tells us that over half the nation will be in severe, extreme, or exceptional drought this year. Exceptional is the highest, the worst it gets. Now drought leads to lack of resources, that can lead to famine. wonder what God is trying to teach us if my people right pestilence famine next on the list is earthquakes earthquakes have you have you felt the ones close to home recently Uh, man these are all birth pains and if you have kids uh, think back to when you you the reality actually hits you okay this baby is coming right now it's time to get to the hospital I can remember um, I was at church both times, and you know what I didn't say to Jessica uh, when she told me it was time? Uh, I didn't say, uh, Jess, we're going to have to wait a little bit. Uh, this just isn't a good time for me. Of course not, right? And I mean, uh, that would that would give me a slap, a, a good slap, a well-deserved slap, right? Yeah. Um, as soon as we realized what happened, we dropped everything. We got in the car and went, went to the hospital because we were excited about who was coming. And so it should be for us, God's people, as we experience these birth pains of the end. um, We're not going to be able to say, "Uh, Jesus, actually now is not a really good time for me. Can you just wait a little bit? Of course not. We should be excited about who is coming and be ready to drop everything when he does. Uh, The closer the time for delivery, the more frequent, more intense the birth pains get. And I believe that we are seeing that in our world today. Those unique pressures and dangers are getting more and more frequent. Don't miss verse 6. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. These are the beginning of sorrows, verse 8 reminds us. Let's continue. Verse 9. Jesus tells his disciples then, uh, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and hate one another. And then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Notice there in verse 10, it says that many will be offended. Many will be offended. That phrase literally means uh, that many will be enticed to sin or uh, caused to fall away. It, It actually means to cause, to disapprove, and no longer acknowledge God's authority. It has become known as the falling away or the great apostasy. And it's spoken of in other places in the Word as well. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Verse 3 tells us uh, that this departing from the faith will be because of religious reasons. Blinded and deceived, people will turn away from God, thinking that they're doing the right thing. If that doesn't sound like the Babylon we've been studying in Revelation, I don't know what does. Second Thessalonians, the believers there, they were concerned that they had missed the rapture. And so Paul wrote this to clear it up. Note what... God's word says through him in chapter two, second Thessalonians. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to soon be shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And we know this man of sin, this son of perdition, it's the Antichrist. So what is the only sign of the Antichrist's coming? And is thus a sign answering the when question of revelation? It is, here in Second Thessalonians, it is the falling. Away, Uh, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. So the question becomes, are we seeing the falling away in our world today? Are people leaving the church like never before? The answer to that question is yes, we are. It's been called a rise of the nuns. That's the next blank on your outline. And don't think of that in Catholic terms, not N-U-N-S, but N-O-N-E-S. A rise of the nuns. It's referring to the people who now check none when it comes to religious affiliation. The latest information from the Pew Research Center says that the number of Americans who do not identify with any religion continues to grow at a rapid pace. One-fifth of the U.S. public and a third of adults under 30 are religiously unaffiliated today. The highest percentages ever in Pew Research Center polling. And this was from the last census, ten years ago. How much has our world turned away from the things of God since then? Think how far we have run away from the Christian values and principles that this nation was founded upon. Perverting what God has created, twisting what God has designed, blatantly going against what God has said. We are living in Babylon. How many people we personally know who once had worship as a a priority in their lives, a big part of their lives, who have since just walked away from it. Proverbs 5 calls it being led astray. Psalm 14 calls it turning aside. 2 Peter calls them scoffers walking according to their own lusts. Jesus compared it to four soils. And don't I know that my heart is just as capable as anyone else's. Just just following my own desires. Taking the the lifestyle of Babylon and and adopting it. I want to encourage you you know someone who has fallen away to lift them up by name often pray that the mercy of god would get a hold of their hearts and that he would cure their spiritual blindness that word apostasy it means falling away from a previously held position and we trust that one cannot lose their salvation But we can pray specifically that if they had a false salvation experience, that God would open their eyes. Oh, the spiritual rewards they're squandering. And the excess baggage that they're picking up along the way that is all avoidable. They just turn to Jesus. Probably some here with us today. Um, Maybe you're here because you're supposed to be, but deep down there's really no connection with God Because you never really cultivated that relationship with him to begin with. You're really just a few steps away from falling away yourself. Brother, sister, that should alarm you. That should cause you to make whatever changes are needed to make it right should cause you to seek His face through His Word... ...and cultivate a heart that is in tune with God... ...to check your heart... ...to make sure that your salvation experience... ...wasn't a false salvation experience. I have had a false salvation experience before. When I was just a kid... ...I believed that getting to heaven... ...was nothing more than walking an aisle of a church... ...talking to a pastor... ...repeating some words of a prayer... And getting dunked in some water. And then I was good to go. I hadn't connected that my sin was separating me from the holy God. And that Jesus paid the price for my sin. I knew stories about God. But I didn't know God. And church, if there are any here today that would say, you know what? I'm not sure if I ever made that connection. Turn to him right now. Today. 2 Peter three seventeen, you therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever, amen. Okay, so we've seen several general signs of these birth pains, the coming of the end, False Christ saying, yeah, I'm Jesus, worship me. Wars, rumors of wars. A time of unique pressures and dangers, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. We've seen uh, Christians, Israel, hated, the falling away. All of which we can see in our world today. Every generation before us has believed that Jesus was coming back in their lifetime. But I think that we would all agree the pains have become more frequent in ours Especially within the, next, the last decade. Unique pressures, unique dangers. I can remember preaching on this subject years ago. And, and the word that I used then was imminent. It's imminent. The coming of Jesus is, is imminent. How much more now? When we cross-reference Luke's account of Matthew's to that we've been, we've been reading here today. We gain a little bit more insight uh, on what we're supposed to do in the meantime as we wait for his appearing. Uh, we're not instructed to hide. We're not instructed to just blend in. We're not instructed to go into a deep, dark depression because of all of it. Look at Luke 21. It says, There will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts falling from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up, lift your heads, because your redemption draws near. So so rather than hide, rather than just blend in, when we feel these birth pains becoming more and more frequent... Look up. Did you catch that right there? Look to God. That's the next blank on your outline. Lift your head. Redemption draws near. Finds me of the the disciples in the boat during the storm. They were terrified of the waves coming in over their heads in their boat. They were standing in water in the boat, and they didn't think they were going to make it. And they didn't think that Jesus cared because he was asleep. And what did he say? You of little faith. And he calmed the storm. So when the waves are crashing in, when we're not sure if we're going to make it, when the birth pains become more and more frequent, don't look around you. Don't look to the world for a fix. Look to God. Don't be distracted by everything that's going on in the world. Lift your head because Jesus is coming. Redemption draws near. As believers, we should have a different outlook on this world and the end of this world. Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, let's face it. There are world problems that world leaders are not going to be able to solve. We have problems in our own personal worlds. That we are not going to be able to solve. But this world is not our permanent address. Luke 21 34. Take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, the cares of this life, and that day comes on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass, to stand before the Son of Man. It's the same message of Revelation. Jesus is coming back, and it's going to catch a whole lot of people off guard, even though they were warned over and over and over again that He was coming. And so we are called to live lives of holiness, to be ready when He does. We begin to close still don't have a, a definitive answer as to when Jesus is coming back. Jesus said this in Matthew twenty four thirty six. Of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day of, that Noah entered the ark. And did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready. But the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Reminds me of the old DC Talk song that I titled this message after. I wish we'd all been ready. Some of the lyrics go like this. A man and wife asleep in bed. She hears a noise and turns her head. He's gone. I wish we'd all been ready. Two men walking up a hill. One disappears and one's left standing still. I wish we'd all been ready. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come, and you've been left behind. I wonder how many will be singing that song when Jesus returns. Not ready, but out of time. We're going to open the altar this morning for a time of invitation. Because I just have a feeling that there are some here with burdens. You have loved ones that you know that they've walked away from their faith. Like I said, man, I just want to encourage you to continue, lift them up by name, the mercy of God would get a hold of their hearts. If they had a false salvation experience, that, that they, would, they would see that. Maybe you need to make things right with God. Maybe you just need to worship right where you are. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? You know, we like to answer the questions, what has God said to you today? What are you going to do about it?